Merkel Media. Welcome back to another motherfucking episode of Kill the Mockingbirds with your host, Sean Chris, Joel Thomas in the lobby room with 15 bots. I'm battling the bots, baby, and oh, oh, they got deep fake, and they all look just like me, man. I'm battling myself. Oh, I got them by the headlock. Or do I have myself by the headlock? Or do they have me by the headlock? Brat, brat. Woo. Man, these bots is going crazy, man. We got to go everywhere, man. That they, they gave us a 90-day penalty for that shit. We got fact-checker bots. I mean, there's all kinds of bots out there, man. Bot city, bot. Bot city. Yeah. Bot killers. <laughs> <laughs> Booyah, dog. Booyah. You know what I'm saying? Hey, shouts out to, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, With the double Gs. What's Bags. his name? Bags. Uh, Bags, what's up, man? We want to give you a shout-out, man. He... He, he came back with a, a nice little comment on our he side. Did. Like, he did. He's he us got again. His, so I got to give him he props. He got his butt cheeks unclenched on uh, Spotify. He actually came back. He said a nasty comment to start with, but I think he went actually listen to the episode and then he went and deleted it and just changed Yeah, it. I got to give props to that, though. I mean, you know, he was able to, like, uh, unclench his butt cheeks and uh, get uh, get an understanding. And I also want to make a, a, a clarification, kind of backpedal a little bit. Uh-oh, here comes the backpedal. But, like... uh. I was kind of going at Walsh a little bit, right? And I just recently seen uh, a clip. It might be an old clip, but I just barely saw it. Where like some trans person he's talking to, but the trans person actually was like, hey, I agree with a lot of the stuff he said. I thought he really articulated very well in, in that specific situation. So I just wanted to say like, man, if I'm going to if I'm gonna take shots at somebody and I see him do something good, I think I should, you know, like give him props where props is due. You know what I mean? Yeah, bro. I mean, you know me, man. I'm, I've always been a pretty big Matt Walsh fan and I've seen a lot of his work. So I, I know that. I'm just a hater, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a recovering hater. Can't help it. No, I feel you, man. But you gave Bags a little shout out, even though, you know, we lit in the bags a couple weeks ago, you know, when he kind of ran his mouth on some stuff. And, and I get it. His Maybe his circumstances, um, maybe her, I don't know who it is, uh, circumstances with the law leads them to believe that everybody in the system is screwed up. And look, like, Sean and I speak from experience like we've both been locked up we know how the system works i'm not here to tell you that it's great at all but i do know that everything ain't everything we say that all the time on the show that everybody ain't bad everybody ain't this like that's the problem that's where we get in a lot of problems in society when we try to lump everybody together and you know lock everybody up in echo chambers but we did want to give bags a shout out appreciate it man appreciate you listening to us and still listening to us, um, I did want to give uh, In Shukan on Apple Reviews a good shout-out. Five-star review. It says, your show is fire. Hide your kids and hide your wife. They be speaking the truth. Might be the best podcast on Merkel Media. Keep on the gas. I don't know about the best podcast on Merkel Media because there's a lot of good ones, but we appreciate the love for sure. 
And I'll read one more. Rotika. Tight butt cheeks is how it starts out. Always love the podcast. Been jamming to your music lately. Keep the fire going. F the gram. Yes, F the gram. And today's episode is going to really let you know how we feel about all these apps, all this internet, uh, algorithmic echo chamber mess that they've created for us to be trapped in. And it's really going to let you know kind of where Sean and I are going to be moving forward to uh, over the next few months with what we're going to present for you guys to get access to and everything that Kill the Mockingbirds has to offer. But appreciate that. Holler again. And the fact that you're listening to the music, too. I think that slides by some people that listen to the show sometimes. They don't know that you and I are constantly dropping music. And I think that's important to support, too, because one thing is, Sean and I try to be as real as possible on this podcast, and we're as real as possible with the music, too. And we try to present music in a way that's going to help you grow as a human being, and it helps us grow when we write it. Most definitely. And for now, you know, you can still catch us on Kill the Mockingbirds podcast on Instagram and uh, Kill the Mockingbirds Telegram. Not that we're going to go away from there, but, I mean, that's not going to be our home. We're, we're like uh, Joel was saying, we're kind of getting our home set up so that way we have our own place because obviously that's where we need to go with this stuff and check out our music joel thomas sean chris on all streaming platforms every show we're gonna you know drop a a gem on y'all but i think it's time man Internet's dead, baby. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Internet. <laughs> <laughs> it's dead, baby. That's what that's what we're gonna get into today. Like the dead internet theory. You know, it's a something that we've talked, kind of talked about, like indirectly, not necessarily even talking about it in general. But like now, we're gonna actually thoroughly break down what that is. Yeah, for sure, man. Because. I believe it's definitely something that people have touched on over the years for sure. Maybe not labeled it the dead internet theory. And there was a guy, he's an Anon. And before, before, ah, ah, hold on, ah, hold on, y'all. Before I go further with that. Fuck it up. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get your butt cheeks tight yet. And then non, for people that really need to understand what that word means, it started in 2008 from the anonymous hacker group. So these are guys that were on 4chan, 8chan, whatever. Like they were doing a lot of uh, stuff on those forums. And an anon isn't necessarily somebody that follows Q. However, the QAnons, get them tight now, the QAnons, because that's what Sean and I call them. We don't mess with those Q and Anon pronouns. So the Q Anons are either Anons that did start following Q, or they're people that just started following Q and started calling themselves Anons. So at the end of the day, 
when I say a non, people need to understand that there's there is a difference between the two, and th- and this is the true difference, not the difference. And just to add that the anonymous organization, which was n- notoriously known as like anti-government and like kind of like going at the government, at some point they split, and a lot of them have flipped. You know what I mean, as informant wise. And I think that's part of the why there was such a huge push for the ones that went to the QAnon side because of that like aspect Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. So I just want people to know that up front when I'm saying a nine in this episode, I'm not talking about Buffalo Bill with his giant headset running up in the Capitol during January 6th. Not those nines, not those Q nines, but anons, actual anons. So this is the guy that we're talking about right here. He goes by Illuminati Pirate. And he was on agoraroad.com. So if you guys are looking for this article that he wrote, or really just more of a, a form a form that he wrote about the dead internet theory, um, it's at forum.agoraroad.com. And we're gonna put the we're gonna put the link up for everybody too to get to uh, in the show notes this week. So you guys can actually go read what he wrote because he wrote an interesting theory about how the internet is dead and what he means by that is the majority of the internet is fake it's written by ai codes um deep fake has taken over it um broken links uh links you can't get to uh apps where they trap you in echo chambers we're gonna get into all that today and he breaks that down paid influencers uh you know Bad actors, uh, foreign agents. Like, it's like so much like uh, cogs into what is destroying it. Right, absolutely. And, and I think really what it boils down to, uh, so his theory is the vast majority of the internet is generated by AI in conjunction with paid media influencers in order to manufacture consumers. So that's the thing you guys got to understand. They want you to consume. It's not just about controlling narratives and getting your emotions all over the place so you stay on these apps long enough. It's really about consuming. Um, Because if you really think about it, the internet used to be a place where people came to share ideas and be creative. When the internet first started, it was kind of the the real wild, wild west. People got on there. They were able to say how they felt. They were able to connect with people uh, that they'd never met before. They built friendships over the internet. You don't see a lot of that anymore, man. Really, uh, and this guy, even the article talks about it. He's like, man, I remember making friends with people on the internet. And then when these apps started coming along, I just lost contact with them. He's like, it literally just wiped them away. And that's kind of what we're talking about here with this bot mentality. The bots are literally taking over the internet, taking over YouTube, taking over Twitter, taking over IG, taking over Facebook. This is what the bots are doing. You know, like uh, Sarah Connor in Terminator, where the bots are taking over the world. Well, they are, but it's in the internet. <laughs> That's what they're doing. Yeah, and I would say, too, like, because uh, they say, like, what, like a quarter to, like, 40% of the internet is made up of bots. Like, you know what I mean? Of the traffic, the actual traffic to these websites. I think they even set up to some websites up to 60%. Traffic is bots. Even I think I, at one point someone did a thing on Twitter. It was like twenty three percent 
uh, uh, actual humans. You know what I mean? Like where it just keeps switching. And the point is, like you said, not to, it's for consuming, but some of the tactics they use is to keep you engaged, is get an emotional reaction from you, whether it's to get you to laugh, get you to be upset, get you to be sad, get you to be enraged. And it, it like tangles in with this political sphere as well with that. And it kind of like pulls you into all these directions. Well, dude, I've got one of the statistics right here. Studies are actually saying, and this was in 2016, that 61.5% of all web traffic isn't human. It's all bots. So we're talking about, and this was in 2016, man. We're in 2023. What, what is the percentage now? That was, just, that was just some studies that were done in 2016. They haven't done any since. Also, I don't know if you've ever heard of inversion. So this is really interesting as well. So in 2013, there were some studies done about this term called inversion, and it was typically tied to YouTube. So basically, the threshold of bot traffic to human traffic becomes so great that the YouTube algorithms push out the human likes and comments because they think that they're bots because the bots are actually on YouTube more than actual humans. That was in 2013. So some, some people that have done studies are actually saying that the inversions already happened, that the YouTube has actually been taken over by bots, and when people, actual humans like, humans comment, or humans follow, that they actually get pushed out. And this actually plays into what some YouTube creators have actually said. So some of the guys with really big accounts, right, they said when they go to upload a video, that as soon as they upload it, they immediately lose 10 followers. Immediately. 10 to 20. Well, you, well, you can, we can attest to that as well, even just on Instagram. And I've done a little bit like on smaller scales on YouTube that you could, we see constantly. And everybody knows that like in your accounts and anybody building a channel knows that you're going to constantly get this fall off. You know, you assume some of it is like, especially like on Instagram, you would assume like, oh, they're trying to follow me for follow for follow. But it becomes to this level where you're like, man, how do I lose so much per day? Or like, you know how we've had times where we're like, man, it looks like we're getting like 20, 30 people a day. And it's not even, you know, like affecting uh, the, the final uh, tally of how many people we have. You're like, man, it still says we're at 30,192. But we saw like 50 new people. But like, it's this weird. It's like they take out and, and a lot of people believe that they're deleting real people off of your uh, followers and implanted these bots. No, absolutely, man. And some of the YouTubers I was listening to talk about it, um, they were saying, yeah, if you got a huge account, it might not affect you that much. They said, but slowly over time, what happens is they're deleting real people that, are, that create real engagement, and now you've just got a bunch of bots. And this is the other thing, right? So... Bots follow you too. You have tons of bots. That's where we're getting to with it. Bots will unfollow you. So that's where you'll see crazy swings too, man, on you know, Instagram, whatever. We can attest to it right now. So we're going through a a lockdown on Instagram. So basically, you know, we can't have any subscribers. They pretty much shut down any of our reach on Instagram. We test it with a couple posts just to see. So what's funny is now that we've really only been posting, like if we drop a new episode or sometimes we'll, you know, collab with our music pages if we got a new song or something. What we've noticed 
over the past couple weeks since we've been put in jail, we've lost like 150 followers. They just have just depleted because is it bots or is it actual human followers that you're losing? Now, granted, listen, I'm not here to say that it's all like a big conspiracy because, yeah, there could be some people that just don't like you anymore. They don't like what you're posting or whatever. But the, the, and this is what we're going to get to today with people so they can understand how algorithms work. And I think a really good way to let them know is kind of what we went through on Instagram with algorithms. So if you go to somebody's page and you may see they have 50,000 followers, 100,000 followers, right? And they got some posts and you're like, oh man, those posts are great. They got, you know, millions of views, whatever. But then you see another post and it's only got 2,000. Well, that doesn't make any sense because if you got 50,000 to 100,000 people following that person, at least in the 75 to 80 percentile portion should see that. that. That's just people that follow you. At least view-wise. View like if wise. they don't like it, they don't right. like it. Yeah, view-wise for sure. But that's sure. what people need to understand. So when Sean and I post stuff, we noticed because Sean and I don't adhere to the rules of the internet. We we post what we want to post. Like I'm not here to coddle anybody. I'm not here to create an echo chamber. The issue is when you're actually trying to be a real creator, you're not trying to jump on the trends. You're not trying to sway people for some purpose. When you're actually putting together creative content, they stop that because, okay, for instance, I was doing green screen reels for a while. People love the green screen reels, but even those, they started capping those after a certain point. I think it was the Tupac when I did piss a lot of people off. So then all of a sudden they started getting capped, right? I wasn't getting as many. I had a couple hit 100,000 views, 200,000 views, whatever. But when we would do other ones that were super creative too, nothing, 1,000 views, 2,000 views. We might post about our actual podcast episode that we dropped that week Nobody's seeing it. You got like 30,000 followers and nobody's seeing it. And that, you could say shadow banning, but I think people need to understand how the algorithm works. So how the algorithm works is if somebody follows you for a certain specific type of post, they're only going to see when you post that specific type of post. So, Well, that's exactly what the TikTok model. The TikTok model is, hey, if you're posting about Raiders all the time, Boom, you know, and you like that specific video that they did about Raiders every time they do a Raiders video in your feed. If it's about like wrestling, that will be in your feed. But if they do, you like the wrestling video and then they do a NFL video, you might not, you're most likely not going right. to see that NFL video. And that video. takes away the pure creativity from creators because it boxes people in to having to adhere to the rules of the algorithmic system. So you're not allowed to create. So you're training them. Right. You're training them to put out a certain type of thing. So that's that, that's one reason that Sean and I get in a lot of trouble with social media. Because I may do a post where I just like Denver, one of my woke characters. Oh, man, you know the right's going to love that. They get all like hype. Yeah, man, screw, screw those people. But then I flip and I do one of my QAnon characters, Dennis Rocco. Then the right gets pissed off or they don't even see it. So it becomes a thing where not your entire fan base sees everything that you do. Yeah, because they're there for a specific reason and it's only going to shove that reason. Uh, like, so if they came in and they seen us with UFOs, that's why also the thing that's bad about it is it confuses the audience. So the audience is like, 
Oh man, I came here for paranormal. Like not even though you could read at the top, it says news, paranormal, and conspiracies, right? So you're gonna get a little bit of everything because we have so much things that we dive into. We like to spread it out, right? Like we gotta talk about the news every now and then, man. We gotta talk about UFOs. Gotta talk about the occultic stuff. Like we have too many avenues to go down, cryptids, everything. But when you see a Bigfoot post, and then now people have been trained to be like, hey, this has to be only about paranormal and cryptids. What's this other stuff? Because they're 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 being trained to one one trick pony kind of things, you know, like hey, you can only if they're doing this, they can only do that. And if you notice, it's pushing a lot of creators to be stuck in these lanes. And they've slowly done it over the years. And it's not just on social media and the internet in general, but it's been molding society as that way. That's why music has now. There's some great music that I hate when I hear this all the time. People go, "Oh man, music sucks nowadays." No. There's great music. It's just that you're all stuck on these very few sites. Oh, and you're not searching for new people. You have to really, really dig. You have the opportunity to find some of the most fantastic, great music that you probably ever heard in your life that has so many different genres that's so creative, but you're not looking for it. You're only looking for what the algorithm feeds you. Now we've become to this like area where we're waiting for the algorithm to tell us what we want to see. Instead of where we're going out and searching ourselves. No, absolutely. And here's on the flip side of it, though, too, Sean. So the way that the algorithms work, especially like on a, on a platform like Twitter, uh, I'm not saying they don't exist on Facebook and Instagram because they definitely do. I would say Facebook, too, would be a high percentage in this, too. Um, but they also, the algorithm knows if you don't like certain things. So they send you those things as well. Because they know that you're going to get so angry that you're going to engage with the post. And what you don't understand is the people that you're engaging with aren't real people. They're bots. And the way they got you, though, the way they did get you into that, it's not that they did the way they know what you don't like is because you commented on something. You said, hey, man, this video sucks. And then now you're going to always see that. Or you said something to that. It doesn't even have to be that nature. Because you interacted with it, it now is becoming part of your algorithm that that's More the part that people Sean, don't understand you don't even have to you don't even have to react to it if you hang on the post for too long the algorithm knows that you watched the whole thing or watched it twice in a row even if you didn't even tiktok is notorious, notorious. for that man like notorious yeah so twitter is masterful bro the, so they what they like to do is they like to throw people in these uh, rooms. They call them rooms. You don't even know you're in a room. You're just in, you're just in a room. They they algorithmically put you in a certain algorithm room. So you're getting a certain type of post that comes through there. Twitter's algorithm is designed to send you shit you don't like. If you're a leftist, you're going to see a lot of right leaning stuff. If you're a right winger, you're going to see a lot of left leaning stuff. You're going to see that because what they want you to do is fight. And Twitter is also really sneaky. They give you 280 characters per tweet. There's a reason that they do that, though, Sean. They don't want you to have an actual, well thought out response to anything because it could be longer. They want you boxed in to where at this point, all you're throwing out is insults, slander not making any sense, and what happens? Your emotions get high because now you're seeing that person calling you names, 
You don't even know them. You're getting mad. But what you're doing is you're putting engagement into that post. You're staying on the app a lot longer. They want to keep you on the app. They want to keep you on the screen. And you're reinforcing an environment of like hostility. So now anytime somebody comes up with a similar stance as that or comes out with that fashion on a post, you're going to assume this is an enemy. We're against each other. We disagree. They're going to use this. So you, you, you're you training your brain to look for enemies. That's how I look at it as. And did you hear, though, that they're trying to make uh, Twitter now with 10,000 characters per tweet? There's like running this idea, but only for blue check marks, I believe. So that's kind of interesting as well. I thought that's something. But yeah, they definitely made it 250 for a reason. It's so you can't articulate your point that well. I personally don't even like to do it in text. Like when I'm talking, so like if I have to tell you something, like if it's like, hey, da da da, a couple notes for the show or something. But if it's something that we're going into detail about, we got to talk. You know what I'm saying? Especially if it's an important situation where we're like getting, if you could tell, like, you know how sometimes me and you could text and it might be like, man, I think he's coming at me this way. Or we would think, and then we talk on the phone and it's like, it wasn't even like that, but it's easy to miscon, you know what I mean? Like misinterpret what the person was intending for what they were saying when it's through text. So magnify that with a limit of characters, you know what I mean? Where you're limited on what you could say and what you could use. And you know, you probably had the full thing typed out. And you're like, ah oh, man, fucking I'm over a hundred characters. So now you're squeezing, and then now it looks like you're saying something more dickish because you're not really maybe looking into it as much. You're just throwing it in. And now you're stuck. And for everybody listening right now. You're probably getting your butt cheeks tight battling a damn bot. They're probably not even real. These bots are super smart. The AI is super smart. They know how to respond to you quickly. They know how to put out a mass amount of comments super quick. They know it's, it's, it's beyond our comprehension because it's an algorithm. You are probably battling a damn bot! You're getting angry over an AI! We just gave you the numbers in 2016. 61.5% of the internet is fake. It's ran by bots. What do you think it is now? And they adapt. And you got to remember, just like the art and the chat GPT, all these things, it's not that the, the AI is super smart and all that. What it is doing is collecting and, and just kind of mimicking what we're giving to it. So that's why like that Microsoft AI chat bot a while ago, remember they said they put it on Twitter and it became racist and a Holocaust denier within like minutes and was talking crap to people. But that's because people interacted like that with it. Just like when we had that replica app and we kind of did that little experiment with it. When I saw other people that had got it to level 50 and 60, it was depending on how you treated it, right? This one dude said he was like, always like, fuck you, man, stupid ass bitch. Like, just really mean to this uh, AI replica app thing. And then it started responding the same way because it, it learned from you. You know what I mean? It's only mimicking. That's all really what it does is mimicking. I think that uh, we look at like AI. I don't think it says it's only as dangerous as as we let it become. You know what I mean? Like. We have full control over it, but I think when we give like this whole boogeyman feel to like, oh man, they're gonna take over. It's 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 easy, bro. Turn off your phone. You know what I mean? <laughs> Turn off your computer. Like some of that is 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 part of 
our problem. And I believe from the lockdowns of 2020, people went from how they speak online, it leaked over into the real world because we were in that, you know, little pocket for two, three months. People weren't interacting with people, but online. And it was so vile and so like divided online of how people were arguing, whether it was for a mask or for viruses, Trump's Democrats, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? It was so active and people were locked up when they got out, they started acting how they would, cause people didn't do that as much. You know, you didn't see people getting as crazy and it pushed it to another level with videos when people knew not only will I get a reaction for like talking shit to people in this, if I put a wild video up of me fighting or attacking somebody or randomly setting something on fire, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's something extreme that I'm going to get that dopamine hit by like getting likes by, you know what I mean? By getting more attention and it, and it spread this culture of where people just do whatever for attention now, instead of us actually looking for what makes us inner happiness and, and how could we grow and be better people. We're actually looking for not just attention, but validation from strangers and bots. <laughs> <laughs> and we got 150,000 bot likes. Who cares? Bro, and that's the thing. It used to be. Now, it used to be, you know, especially when social media started started just starting to get big and people were really concerned with likes and stuff. You had those companies you could pay and they would like give you a bunch of followers or put a bunch of likes on something or put a bunch of like uh, Indian people giving you comments like, I love this. Yeah, those hey. or Chinese farms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the farms. Yeah, yeah. The, farms. the worst, the worst fucking comments, too. That That's where, like, uh, it's and, and then see, they even train people to do that now. So now when people put songs, we all put just like emoji, you know what I mean? Because that's how it started with the bots. We're like, yeah, fire. Like, you know what I mean? We they trained us like we shortened stuff. Look how we do acronyms and things for everything now. Like everything's an acronym. Like, I, I think that's all intentional, too. And some of the thing is these AI bots are training us without us knowing, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not that they're more intelligent than us. It's just that they're doing the same repetitive actions and it's training us. And then most of us don't notice. They are more intelligent than us, Sean. Because the Nephilim spirits are inside the AI and they're trying to take us down. Booyah, dog. Well, I'm coming for them. I'll tell you that. That's all I know is I'm coming for them. Keep coming, baby. Whether a bot, a Nephilim, a, a, a gray, we're coming, baby. We're coming. But for real, though, when we're talking about the internet, so back to this Illuminati pirate guy, he's got some great concepts. And one of the things he talked about, he compared the internet to a hot air balloon. He said that the internet seems huge, but it's like a hot air balloon because it's giant on the outside, but it's empty on the inside. So think about it. All we're hearing is the same shared talking points over and over again, the same parroting, the same phrases. Think about it. Something goes viral every day, and everyone latches onto it, whether you're on the right, left, wherever you're at. And the best part is the algorithm knows how to send you those viral videos. So depending on how you lean. So if you're leaning a certain political way, you may get so-and-so talking about this viral video in a certain way, or you may get it Think over here. Think about this. As, as we were researching this stuff, so I'm paying attention to what's going on to the news. Why, all of a sudden, are these mob attacks, like, remember these mass mobs that were going to gas stations 
a hundred people and just like ransacking the place. They, that was like five-ish years ago. And now also like maybe five, 10 years, you know, they, they, it was like the big old thing everywhere. You know, you saw everywhere that's coming back. And the other thing you're seeing now with a different uh, like way, it's like the same thing. You know how people were like, Hey man, we got your kid or, or, or send us money because your, your son is in a car accident. Now they're using people's voices, not necessarily AI generated, but they're finding ways of getting these people's kids voice a little bit and like chopping it up, you know, in pro tools or whatever. Uh, obviously not pro tools, but you know what I mean? like somehow they're like, I'm sure it doesn't sound that great, but it's tricking people. And it just reminded me of those same things. I remember 10 years ago, uh, my, uh, my daughter's uh, mom, her aunt, Got a phone call from somebody in Mexico and they were like, hey, you know, what's up, auntie? Boom, right there without saying their name. You know, usually it was older people that would get fall into these and they're like, hey, we're stuck on the side of the road. Can you send us some money? Blah, blah, blah. We were trying to get, you know, go visit you. And then like, boom, send some money. And then it's like, again, another instance. And then like one time my aunt had called my mom. I was like, I forgot where I was at. I think I was in Cali and she was in Michigan, but I was dead asleep. That's all I know. And she calls me and she's like, yeah are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. You know what I mean? And I guess someone called my aunt and them being older, they don't realize and they're not skeptical like me and you like right away. If someone's calling me, I'm already skeptical. Like, I'm, I, you know what I mean? I don't know the number. Like, you know what I'm saying? And if you call at a certain time, even like if you usually don't call at six in the morning and I get six in the morning call, I'm immediately thinking something's the worst thing. I'm like, Oh my God, someone's dead. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's it just, cause you're not used to that. But they said like, you know, that I got into an accident, but they tricked her by calling her, um, Hey grandma. And she's like, I'm not your grandma. I'm your aunt. And it's like, well, that should have just gave you a clue right there. Like, why wouldn't I? And plus I never talked to her or anything like, but people fall to that. But my whole point is that these things are coming back. And it reminded me of like how it's the stories and it's the same, like recycled stories. It's like, now I'm starting to really wonder if it's really these bots influencing us to continue to repeat these things, it's not only that it's fabricated. I think some of it's fabricated as well. I'm not saying that some is not, but I think it's like also it's an influencing us to become these people and make these actions real, not just like some fake thing that we saw on the internet. They actually go and do it. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you, man. And to what you're talking about, fake and real, uh, another thing that Illuminati Pirate brought up in this and I'll call it a thesis because to me it was more like a thesis the way he broke it down, uh, was that fiction has become sterile. He was talking about how the, the same stories are told with the same characters with different names over and over again. Anything that we see, any movies, man, they're just recycled from the same movie we saw a year ago or two years ago. It's the same format, never changed. Nobody ever takes a risk because the studios won't take a risk because they're worried about the bottom line and they want to stifle creativity. And here's the reason why they want to stifle creativity. Because if you stifle creativity, when people are creative, they break the mainstream mold, right? They start talking about what they really want to talk about. So they may challenge the government. They may challenge ideologies. They, they might even ch challenge the fact that human beings in the working class are, aren't being treated very well. And you start seeing that with creativity. You look at any big time in history, or at least as much of history as we know. I know a lot of it's been filtered and, and lied to us. But as much as we know a history, you look at certain revolutions and there was a lot of art 
that was a part of those revolutions. You had great music coming out around that time. You had great paintings coming out around that time. Whatever other format, sculptures, whatever, right? They were creating these masterful pieces of art because they were challenging the system. And when I say challenging the system, I'm not necessarily saying challenging the government. However, that's part of it with some of that those art forms during that time. But some of it's just challenging the system that we've been told to stay within. All the rules and the and the uh uh like you said, like the few of the play that we're supposed to like, hey, you can only don't go out of this line, gotta be in this section, all of that. Like, and then I heard a couple people calling it a, a Potemkin village. Uh, like that, that a lot of the internet is a Potemkin village where it is just basically propped up. It's a propped up state to where it's it's a hollow, like like you're saying, a movie. You know, it looks like uh, it's this big old place. And they say it happens a lot with false, uh, you know, falling states. You know what I mean? Uh, states that are falling apart that like a North Korea. North Korea is a perfect example of like when they had that documentary with Dennis Rodman. They went into the city. They went into the mall. Nobody's in the mall. Nobody at all in the mall except Dennis Rodman and these other U.S. basketball players. And they're shopping and they're like, hey, hey, hey. there's like one employee. And they're like, oh, we have Pepsi, we have Pepsi. You know what I mean? Like, we have Pepsi. <laughs> then they go into the, the, here's the internet learning center. And then there's a bunch of people just giving them these fucking fluoride gazes. Like, hey, 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 hey. they don't know how they're all on Google home screen. And only one guy is actually like going on Google. Like, yeah, hey, we got the internet. Like, you know what I mean? That is basically falsifying and making it seem like it's something it is. And to your point about the movies, I totally agree. And we've been talking, and it's just ironic that this subject kind of came up because we have been going heavy and I've been heavy on that for a long time too. Is like, I believe it's the death of critical thinking, but also creativity. And I think they go hand in hand and killing creativity really kills off that free thought, that critical thought where we can actually challenge systems and, and, and thought processes. Like you said, it's not just the government. It's like, Oh, so everybody thinks this way. What if we try this? And, but nobody will because everybody's like, no, we're, we're one way. Yeah. So a couple things, one, uh, to the fictional part. Um, and you were just touching on it right there. I mean, think about it. They're already talking about rebooting Harry Potter, uh, Lord of the Rings. They made a prequel to nobody like, they keep rebooting the same stuff over and over again, and there's nothing new to it. Live action. It, it, it's so, I oh my God, Disney, man. They keep putting out these live action, like, Wokatron movies. And, but here's the thing. So, when Illuminati Pirate's talking in his thesis, he brought up a really good point. And it's something I hadn't thought about. He said that right now, and I know this for a fact, at least in the comic book world, that anime and manga is, rever is revered as a high form of art. And I started thinking about it. I'm like, why do I like anime and manga so much? And if anybody don't know what a manga is, it is a, is, is, it is a smaller book. It's like a comic book, but you read it right to left. Um, and it's Japanese. Uh, and a lot of manga is where they make the animes from. They're, they're, like, if there's a manga, they're going to make a good anime out of it. And sometimes they do just an anime or they do a manga and they don't have, you know, an anime or a manga version of whatever art form it is. But the reason why that these art forms are revered is so high, especially the people that watch them, is because there's actual people that draw it, that write it week to week that create the stories, and they're super intricate, man. And a lot of them are very, 
very anti-government. One of my favorites is Psychopaths. It's literally about Minority Report type of stuff. It's about exactly what we're talking about now, the internet being dead, being controlled by AI. You look at like Attack on Titan, man. You look at Death Note, uh, Full, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, man. All of these fantastic pieces of art. And the reason why they're so good is because we as human beings, our brains decipher a certain type of creativity. We know if an AI wrote it, if an AI put it together, or if it's just a carbon copy of something else when we see it. When we're seeing something new, and I'm not saying everybody's got to be an anime fan. What I'm saying is, though, that particular art form is a prime example of an art form that's really been untouched. Well, I think it's it's a art form for sure. Like, I don't know as much as anime. I don't watch as much. And I understand where he's point. I think that he probably watches more, and that's why he went to that. But I would say he's right, but there's other other uh, avenues where you could tell. Like, Breaking Bad is a perfect example. Uh, it's a phenomenal show because you could tell, like, that was written by real people that had to actually make it seem real. It, it could not be fabricated with all this, like, oh, the new Little Mermaid, oh, Aladdin, live action, pedal, uh, a pedophile, uh, Pinocchio, uh, <laughs> live action. You know what I mean? Like, all, all these, like, live actions where you're rebooting. And you're just using AI generated to write the material. And and before you get into a little bit, I wanted to drop this clip because you're talking about the AI generated information. And I've been holding on to this clip for a long time. I was actually going to make a reel about it a long time ago. It's uh, Bad Friends, which is Bobby Lee and Andrew Santino's. They have a podcast and they had uh, Will Say So uh, and uh, Chad Coldigan, uh, Will from uh, Mad TV. And they have a podcast called like uh, Dudley or uh, the Dudleys or something like that. And they were interviewing them, and and I'm gonna have two clips. But this first clip I'm gonna break down is they talk about that their scripts are literally written by AI. This is the disadvantage of telling you when we're telling your guests when we start on Dudesy. We have an AI telling us begin the podcast now, talk about this right. now, talk about that now. So I know you and me, Bobby, we go way back in the world of comedy where I would improvise everything. That's not the new comedy. The new comedy is listen to a computer. That's right, and do exactly what it says. So. That's Will. He used to be on Mad TV. I don't know if you know the heavy set dude that uh, was on there. Well, his partner on the podcast is this guy Chad Colgin, right? I'm probably saying his name wrong. He's an American novelist. Look it up, guys. All right, guys, give me a break, man. Can't be remember all these people's names and stuff like this. You know, there's a lot. I got the Kelly Bundy syndrome, man. You got one thing in and one thing out. But uh, he wrote, writes movies. He's a novelist, and he talked a lot about. It, and he was saying how movies are dead, similar to like what you were saying and saying movies are dead. It's the same you know, recycle garbage. People are tired of it. There's not much creativity behind it. And I believe that this is kind of also intentional. I think that they're pushing out any of the creative people because us being creative minds like that, we know that in music, for instance, that when you try to shake it up, that it's harder to break through. They want you to sound exactly like the next guy. So I think it's similar in film, you know, uh, comic books, you know, you replace the art form. It's the same thing. And he's talking about, well, there is going to be this innovation because they do need movies. But this is how he feels. And this is a guy that writes movies that he feels that it's going to go in the future. It's, it's just about screens. You want your face and whatever you're doing, your creative work to be on as many screens as you can possibly have. No. Right. Movies just aren't as important as they used to be. They're yeah. still going to be made. They're going to be churned out because all these streaming networks, there's over 200 of them now, have to have a constant volume of shit to keep people engaged enough to pay $7.99 a month or whatever. 
So they're going to need the movies. They just aren't like what they used to be. What's going to separate the class of all of the muck from the thing that breaks out then? Well, eventually it's going to be AI procedurally generated media. No, it won't. Yeah, it will. Human beings. We argue about this all the time. No, it will not. It's already happening. You're not replacing the artist, though. You can call it art if you like. It's already happening. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Have you guys seen any of the AI image generation tools? Yeah, yes, it's fucking crazy. So... Uh, OpenAI is going to release Dolly, the full version, for a monthly fee in the next month. Uh, graphic designers, gone. That job's gone. Um, storyboard artists, gone. And eventually, these things are going to filter their way into being able to make full video uh, based on scripts they write. You're basically going to be able to ask your phone at one point, hey, Netflix, give me a new season of Game of Thrones. And it will make it. And you can tell them to put whatever actors you want in it Fuck. or create new actors. Eventually, deep But guess the- what, Chad? Yeah. The AI can't create soul. That's right. I think it can. The hum- <laughs> <laughs> so he, he kind of goes on more of a tangent and he's talking about how the, they even spoke, but I kind of cut the before that out. But he also talked about how a lot of their, not only their scripts, it tells them they had people like they had like gags and stuff. They had the AI come up with the complete thing. It's not like they're like, hey, we want to talk about this. They just go, hey, tell us what we're talking about. You know what I mean? And it finds, so it's like making humans even lazier. It's almost like, it's not that, we're doing it to ourselves. You know what I mean? We're making ourselves lazier and less critical thinkers so that AI will take over. But it's not because AI is better than us. It's because we're letting in and we're dumbing down ourselves. No, absolutely. We're allowing it because we're lazy. And I think that's a big issue. Also, what's really sad, man, is the monetization. And this is something that really struck me, man, when I was doing a lot of this research, was how monetization has actually stopped creativity. Because the monetization has an adverse effect on the content creator. Like, it's giving you an avenue to make money, but it's also like dampen your creativity because the app or the website, it maintains control of what it wants you to promote. So like if you go outside of that sphere, it'll demonetize you. It'll pull your video. It'll ban you. Or what it'll do, it'll just discourage you. It'll do what we said earlier. It'll just start taking away what little human people that you have following you. It'll give you no views. No nothing. So smooth, so crisp. There we go. Smooth, crisp butt cheeks, right? Uh, I was shaving my face. What are you shaving? Uh... Never mind. Don't answer that. I'm talking about the smooth, crisp pages of Paranormality Magazine, the premium paranormal magazine in all the world. In all the world? That sounds dope. What all is it about? It's a monthly paranormal magazine that delves into the strange world of shadow people, UFOs, and killer interviews with people like David Spinks, Alexandria Weiss, Chaz of the Dead, and many more for $7.99 a month or $127.99 for the whole year. Sean, I love reading, but I'm on the go a lot. You know, I literally hunt down these paranormal beings and cryptids for real. That's fine too. For $3.99 a month or $24.99 a year, 
you can get the digital subscription. So when you run up on Dogman in the forest, you can show him what they're saying about him on the outside. I think he would love that actually. How do I get this monthly work of art to show all my cryptid friends? Easy, bro. Just go to paranormalitymag.com or click Paranormality Magazine link in our podcast show notes and it will take you right there. Plus, you get a 10% discount on any subscription and a 30% discount on any shirt when you use the promo code BIRDKILLERS. I'm going there right now. What was that promo code again? BIRDKILLERS! You're told the line because you're scared, right? Like you said, like you built your channel up and you're, you know, there's people that build a huge following and they can't uh, really do anything about it. Because if they go one way, some people believe that's what's going on with Mr. Beast, whether you think Illuminati or think he's like involved with whatever. The whole situation with him and his co-host, he, they're like, he can't say anything. He's canceled. Like it, it, he ruins everything. And once you, all your money's tied up, that's how they want you as a content creator. They want you to create whatever you want within these parameters. And if you go out of the parameters, you will, you know, you'll be warned. You'll be warned and then you're done, right? They give you the three strikes that you're out rule. And, and they kind of push people around like that. And what it does is it makes content creators tote the line and do things they would not normally want to do. And then being pushed with those algorithms, like you're saying, that may, are favorable. And so they're like, well, everybody wants these videos where I'm making fun of Trump or everybody wants these cat videos. So I'm going to continuously do the same thing, whatever that may be. They're going to push to that and they can't do anything else because they're restricted because all their money's tied in with YouTube. So now they're at their will and they're like, yeah, whatever you want, man. You want me to talk about that? I'll talk about that. No, man, I totally agree with that, too. And that's why I encourage people to try to get your head outside of the box, even with creators, musicians. Here's the thing for you. If you like something, fucking like it. Who cares if somebody else fucking likes it too? That's people's problem right now. You're worried about who likes this, who likes this, this X amount of people. No, stop it. Because that right there is stopping creativity because you can't, for your fucking self that's not new though i will say i learned this uh i want to say like my freshman year or like uh eighth grade year where I, whenever dmx's album came out whatever i was in school i got i stole actually story. i stole dmx's <laughs> i stole dmx's cd from best buy i'm showing everybody the album I'm like, man, this album's dope, man. It's, it's sick, man. It was like, man, it's garbage, garbage, garbage. And mind you, I'm from California. So I, again, I get, I'm sure everybody's, you know, they're more biased on the West Coast music. Two months later, stop, drop, and the, the Rough Riders anthems all over MTV. And everybody's like, man, you got DMX, man. Then, man, I got that album. It's a, it told me right then and there. I was like, oh, so P everybody waited until they felt like, oh, now we could like it because it's on MTV and, and there's 30,000 people. Now, what that is, but that was to a smaller degree because now that you had social media, you cranked it up because now you have to see what everybody thinks about it. When there's a review on a movie, people are afraid. Now, me and you are not afraid. If I think the movie sucks, I'm going to tell you it sucks. I'm be like, man, I was, I, I, I was one of the people that got people got really mad at the first Lord of the Rings because I didn't know what to expect. I, and it was like to be continued. I was walking out of the theater like, man, this shit sucks, man. When man, we don't have time, and I didn't even get to finish anything, man. It's fucking bullshit. If you were pissed, like, man, you gotta like it. I don't have to like it, and and it's okay that other people appreciated it for a different reason. But what I'm saying is, like, 
most people will be like, if they didn't like it, they're going to shut up. They're going to be like, no, yeah, it was good. Well, here's a good example yeah, of really that. Here's it. a good example of that. Because people don't want to be the odd one out, right? They don't want to be... It's, tri it's tribalism. We always talk about tribalism on this show and how people have to find a tribe. Like, I got to be with this tribe. I got I to gotta roll with the Trumpers, man. I got to roll with the Biden, Biden nut lickers. You know what I mean? It's like they have to do this thing instead of thinking for themselves. Like, like movie theory is what it's called. It's like, say you've got tons of reviews. And by the way, they're probably by bots and paid influencers, yeah. right? <laughs> so you got all these reviews going out by bots and paid influencers saying this movie is awesome. And they've been jacking this up forever. The reviews are through the roof. Rotten Tomatoes, man. It's 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is like the, the barometer that everybody uses. Even though what's funny is a lot of the influencers or reviewers that are pulled into that Rotten Tomatoes algorithm are paid off by the companies that made the movie to put in a good review. So they're not even being objective. They're just taking the money because that's what they're paid to do. So you're seeing this. So you go into the movie, you're like, ah, you leave. And you're like, it was okay. You know what I mean? It wasn't even bad. You were like, it was okay. But you're scared to tell somebody else that it was just okay because everybody else is saying it's great. Oh, it's the greatest movie of all time, man. They're going to... uh uh. Angelina Jolie's going to get an Oscar for that, man. She came back. She came back. You're scared. And that's the problem, man. Everybody's fucking scared, Sean. I'm so sick of it. Let your balls drop. Let your ovaries grow. Be something in this world than a fucking manipulated bot person. Well, we don't have to worry about that, you know, because pretty much... We are those outlaws, you know what I'm saying? Get those gunslingers, you know what I'm saying, man? We like those... I like to do the little sound effect. I used to have that little keychain sound effect thing. Now we got like, look at that. Think about that even like from beatboxing, right? Like... It also takes away, like, the, it just made me think of that when we're doing, trying to do sound effects, you know, do from Police Academy. They take away that extra creativity. Now they make something that could do that, and, and it takes away the, the impressiveness of what humans can actually do. And, and the thought process and changing of what they are. Like, a lot of people believe the, because uh, I, I can't think of the exact terms, but um, how we think... And AI think is differently, right? AI is more mathematical, like, hey, you give them a, 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 an equation or some sort, and they're going to be able to figure out how many problems they have to go through or statistically, like, what they have to eliminate to get the job done. And we're on the more of a creative type of thinkers. You know what I mean? What's really crazy, though, man, is that the AI is actually growing. So that part, that creativity part, it's actually creating its own way to be creative now because it's trying to compete with humans. So it's never going to be our level of creativity, but what they're going to do is they're going to create something that's going to be the new normal of creativity. It's going to be the accepted version of creativity because again, just like uh, that guy was saying in the clip, he said, people just want something they can stick their face in front of. And that's it. They don't care. Oh, for sure. 
And, and it's been proven time and time again. I heard one where there was a, a plane simulation and, you know, the AI had to land it perfectly. It would get a perfect score. And the AI figured out, hey, if I crash it as hard as I could crash the plane, I'll, I'll get a perfect score because it jumped, uh, uh, reboots the whole system and they get a perfect score. Or if you look at like Elon Musk, when he was talking about that AI, the, uh, the, I think it was the hider and seekers or whatever like that, where they were playing hide and go seek. And they found ways to change the dynamic of their, their board. They were able to jump things that were not in their coding. They were breaking the system. So they have found like this weird way of like, not, it's not creative thinking, but it is a dangerous way of where it can affect things because if AI is controlling all these planes landing and it's like, yeah, I got to get a perfect score, man. Just slam it into the, slam it into the ground, man. Fuck it. It ain't me. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. Uh, I, I want to talk about Google a little bit, man, and how Google is absolutely fake is all out, man. And you brought up the Potemkin village earlier and this ties directly into Google. And I want to break down like the actual what Potemkin Village is for people so they can understand. Because you did break it down in layman's terms. It is. It's a fake. It's a facade, right? It's like a fake building or a fake movie set. From the outside, it looks like it's real. But the actual term came from Grigory Potemkin. And he was a former lover of Catherine the Great. And he was, you know, trying to woo her. And he takes her back to his village in Crimea, Crimea. And the thing was, Crimea was going through a big famine at the time. Well, he didn't want her to know that. He wanted to set up this whole elaborate ruse that, hey, man, my country's great. This is just, you know, it's like a dude pulling up with a flashy car, right? He's pulling up in the Lambo, and he's like, it's like that old... He rented yeah, it. <laughs> he, he rented it. It's like that old Dave Chappelle where he's like, pulls up in the Lambo, and she's like, oh, nice car. And he's like, gotcha, bitch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like that old stand-up. <laughs> yeah. no, it's true. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what he was doing. He was like, gotcha, bitch. Because he takes her to Crimea. He, What they did was they set up these mobile villages in the distance. So when they would walk by, it looked like, oh, man, this is like a, a thriving, thriving city. And he would have all of these serfs dressed up in this like lavish garb greeting her at every stop like this was the life and that's where it comes from and it just morphed into because his last name is potemkin and it morphed into potemkin village so it's really anything and a lot of times it's tied into politics and economics but for the most part it means if something's fake now that ties directly into google i believe that google is a potemkin village Wait, wait, wait. Does the definition say it's fake and gay or just fake? <laughs> well, I think Potemkin, unless we, there's something about Catherine Great we don't know. Which, which, who knows? Who knows? Who knows, man? <laughs> but, but I think it's just fake this time. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if it's fake and gay, but I, I think it's just fake this time. But I do think that Google is fake. And there is a an actual uh, experiment that you can do at home. So this is the people that are listening. You can do this at home. I, I listened to a guy talk about it. I went and did it myself and it actually works. It's crazy. So what you do is you go to Google, you type in like one word, pick whatever word you want to. I type truck in. So when I type truck in, I want to say it was like 
$2.7 billion. And it gave me $2.19 billion. Did it. See how it already so, changed? No, I'm just saying. that's <laughs> the amount of links that will pop up at the top. So what I did was, I was like, okay, I'm going to keep scrolling or keep moving over as many pages as it is until it ends. Bro, it ended at like 35 pages. And you know what it said? It ended at like 400 or 500. That was it. That was all the links. It changed. The number went from 2.7 whatever billion links available to like 500 and whatever it was. So then at the bottom, it'll say, well, the reason why we deleted these other ones is because they're too many matching. They're, they're just like the others. So then you click on that because it'll say, okay, well, I want to see those other ones. You scroll through it again, they only add like another 50. Where are all these links? It's all fake. I just did it right now, and it got me up to page. I did truck, just what you said. Page 25, it stops. It went, remember, you heard me, 2.19 billion, 25 page, on the page 25, it stops, and it says only 240 results. And like you said, exactly, in order to show, at the bottom, it says, in order to show you the most relevant results, we have omitted some entries very similar to the 240 already displayed. If you like, you can repeat the search and the omitted results included. Same thing. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's literally, it's fake. Google is fake. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're not giving it's a hollow, you. It's a hollow it's shell. It's a hollow shell. They're not giving you all these links. They're not giving you access to all this information. What they're doing is they're boxing you in. It ends on even less pages. <laughs> Look, I'm on a page 18, and now it, it just stopped at page 18. Like, there's nothing. Like, it, I can't even go anywhere. Like, it says that there's 2.5 billion results, and literally it's a blank page, bro. Like, there's nothing on here. So... What this directly ties into, not only is now Google been proven to be a Potemkin village, but this also goes into what is called internet rot. So internet rot means that the internet's actually shrinking because of what they call content drift and link rot. Now, content drift is when a hyperlink you're trying to access through, you know, another link it's been moved. It exists, but it's somewhere else, but you can't get to it. You don't know where it's at. Disappeared. Then you got link rot, which is a hyperlinks just ceases to point to the original target. It's like it literally just fades away. You don't know why. You don't know how. There's a few, a few uh, reasons why this would happen, right? Like, some people lose the domain name, stop, you know, maintaining it, which is some. It, it, it obviously like some of that happens or people change websites, you know what I mean? And they don't switch the hyperlink. You know what I mean? It kind of just gives an error to the page. But I think where you're getting at even more from this Internet, Rob, because this does something that happens because there are pages that someone starts a page. It doesn't go very successful. Uh, they end up stop doing it in the first three months, right? And they stop paying for the domain name after a year. They're like, I'm done with it. And it just kind of sits there and nothing's done with it because there's no hyperlink to take you to that site. Like the hyperlinks are the main key in the internet. It was like, take, hey, it's to Facebook. You know what I mean? It takes you to these locations. But the main culprit, I think, I don't know, I'll let you take it, I think is, is Google. Uh, no, I totally agree with you on that too. I think that 
Google is definitely just deleting links. They don't want you to get to information at all, right? They don't want you getting to, okay, here's a good one. We know, we know how this works. Say a fake news story comes out, which has been theorized that these fake news stories are actually AI generated. They're AI generated, and they're generated to drop on different news platforms in different ways. So it sounds like it comes from that platform. So it'll drop on Facebook different, depending on what news platform it drops from. So say it's a fake news article, and it, 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 catches, it catches steam. But then somebody actually does a little bit of research and is like, this is fake. So then by the time it comes out that it's fake, everybody's moving on to another news story. And what they do is Google buries whatever information about that news story. So the majority of the people, no matter that it came out, it was fake or not, think that it was real. How, hey, let me ask you a question. How many times has that happened since 2020, Sean? A million fucking times since Trump, like, like, not that it's because of Trump, but that whole 2016 when they theorized that the internet did die. You know, they'd say between 2016 and 2017, we've been seeing news stories, and and like you said, then it's been cranked up another notch ever since 2020, where we were seeing back to back to back, like crisis, 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 crisis. You know, we used to get a little bit of breathing room. There's no breathing room anymore. It's just like, it's almost like it's on a broken loop, like the crisis loop, like it can't stop. We're like, damn, man, come on, man. Give me a little break, man. Just trying to chill for a little bit, trying to eat my sandwich that I haven't got to get to because I had to take a lunch because I had to work a little extra day. And now I got to see this stupid shooting from some trans person that's mad because Christians told him not to be trans and now they're all mad and then butt lights gay. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Booyah, dog. But no, you're absolutely right. They, it's, it's just this entanglement, right? Like we have this like entanglement with like everything, all these ideas and stories. And then and we're like, oh, what's the next one? We become anticipant of what is that, right? Like, hey, man, I got to be up early, man. I got to be up on the internet. Everybody's trained, even me at times, man. I've kind of laid back now that we're not really going posting as much. But like, well, I got to be on Twitter because I got to find out what's the latest thing. What's the new train? What's what what Biden say? What like, you know what I mean? What what kind of activist? What blew up? Who got hurt? Like endless, endless. And it's on this loop. And it's another thing. I I believe a lot of it's training us. I think it goes hand in hand a lot with the, what we've discussed before, that Cass, uh, Cass Sunstein's nudge theory. I think there's a huge connection with that, like in play that the people that are putting these bots together and strategically kind of separating the internet because Google has went out not only have they gotten rid of like um, websites for different reasons, pirating, saying that, you know, uh, using mater copyrighted material or, or certain violations, or they've even talked about like there's these law or something where rich, like people that are more wealthy, you know, they want to get something off the internet, maybe like uh, a specific uh, interview with us, uh, two specific powerful people, one maybe with a O uh, of a last name and one with a T of a last name. Maybe someone said something about Republicans being dumb and they would run with it. I don't know. But things like that, they could take off because they were saying that there's this law that uh, wealthier people, because they have that status, that they're able to get it out of the news because of like, they could be attacked or whatever, something Absolutely, like that. Absolutely, Sean. And digging into this, this uh, internet's dead theory made me think more and more, I'm fucking right! <laughs> Trump said it! 
I know he said it about the Republicans. <laughs> if anything, it strengthened my resolve. I know that he said Republicans are idiots. That's why I'll run for it. He did. And he got it scrubbed. And why wouldn't he? And after looking, after typing in truck in Google and seeing that they said there's 2.7 billion links associated with this, but then when you go through it, you realize there's only like 350 to 400. How easy would it be to scrub something like that? Super easy. Well, plus two, they were already, the thing that people don't realize is they were already on top of a lot of this. A lot of stuff they were just deleting and it was just kind of like part of it. Like some of the people that may have had that stuff on their sites, they have, they got, they got canned for copyright right there, right? That's Oprah's, that's Oprah's property. You can't be playing that. You can't show that clip. Uh, they, they, they kind of cornered people off and any investigative reporters like, whistleblowers they've all been alienated off the internet and the more going down this theory now that when you're looking at the internet and you really think about it you're like dang this is way different uh we all go to google we go to the same search engines and all the search engines are the same now i use brave personally i think brave is different there's a little bit like uh but i think they all base it off of like i don't know if brave does but i know most of them base it off of google you know what i mean google or bing and they're all running off those systems. I think Brave is a little different because I get different results. But there is, what search engines can we use because they've gotten rid of him and Google is just like any mafia-style corporation. They've been killing the, the competition forever. They, the, anybody that gets anywhere close, that's why I believe they're going after TikTok. Facebook and Google is going after TikTok because, you know, Google owns YouTube. So that's a big uh, thing that, that, that they're taking away from them is what's going on in YouTube. And then... TikTok is able to like now people it's easier to search stuff if you go into the TikTok screen and you put hey what's going on in France and then you go on Google you're going to you're going to see exactly what's happening in France or even a, a better example comparing TikTok to Instagram if you go into Instagram search and you put what's happening in France or France riots Nothing's going to happen. All you're going to see is some pictures of France, like some generic uh, photography, great photos of like the Eiffel Tower. You go on TikTok, though, and you put French riots. You're going to see actual footage of people right there live in effect. And I believe that not just tick, not because it's TikTok, and I'm not saying because the Chinese aspect. I don't think that really has much to do with it. I think that they found a way that they're like, huh, motherfucker, we got people engaged. We're locked in, bro. We got a great product. We got a great logo. People love it. We got them addicted better than you could because we meant the infinite screen. That infinite screen was genius, right? Like as far as a marketing aspect, genius. Like you're never stopping, right? Like you're never stopping finding a video until you're like, man, I got to pass out and go to work. I've Plenty of people I know my age in their 40s, like it's not just kids. Oh, you know what I mean? People 50s. in their 50s and 60s, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Just scrolling away. I believe that's like Google. They can't be able to squash them yet. And probably because we're going to find out later, there's some intelligence thing linked with TikTok. But all these things come from the intelligence, right? The, the, from these intelligent agencies. And the lead one is DARPA LifeLog that everybody knows about. LifeLog is Facebook. It, it's There's no coincidence, man. It doesn't end. You don't end one program and then on the same exact day, you start the same exact thing, but <laughs> rebrand it as a Listen. new name. So DARPA, for people that don't know, stands for Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. So they were building LifeLog, and it, check this out now. It was aimed to create a lifelong and detailed database on every person. It was going to monitor locations you go to by trackable GPS, 
all your texts, all your calls, emails, photos, purchases, everything in a in a way to help you is what they're telling you, right? It's all to help you. And they also want to find what they called, quote unquote, meaningful patterns in the timeline, in your timeline, to better know how to promote ads to you. So this was out in the open. They were saying this. So it got a lot of backlash, man. Tons of backlash to the point they were like, you know what? We're shutting it down. The Pentagon's like, we're shutting it down on February 4th, 2004. Literally. On February 4th, 2004, Facebook starts, and here's the best part. A bunch of the people that worked at DARPA for LifeLog were working at Facebook. Wait, 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 but don't worry, bro. They DARPA tweeted on May 6, 2020. It says, LifeLog and Facebook have absolutely nothing to do with one another. That a former DARPA employee worked for Facebook stands to reason as many alum work in Silicon Valley after leaving the agency. Our average tenure is only four years. Don't worry, guys. Just because they worked on LifeLog and on Facebook, they got nothing to do with each other. <laughs> and that's the thing, man. So everything you do on these platforms goes to a database. They have built a database on you. Everything. All your emails, everything you've ever done, man. You think your Google email is safe, it's not. Like everything that you've got, they've got the goods on you. Anything you click on, anything that you like, anything that you put in your Amazon cart to buy later, all of these things. Like you said, if you engage in for 20 seconds, like, you know what I mean? Like you said, if you're watching the video longer than a certain amount of time. Exactly. And what they do, they're building a database on you because here's here's the key, Sean. You're the product. It's not about necessarily selling you products you are the product you're the money you are the worker bee you are what helps build the infrastructure that they want to build to control us all you're helping out you're doing it you are actually the one that's helping build it and you don't even know it you're building the jail cell, bro. You're rallying us up and putting us in these cages, and you don't even realize it. You're putting yourself in your own cage. You're building your own prison or matrix or whatever you want to call it. And that's like by following any of these people. Like, and that's why we go up against like people like Tate or or uh, from Biden. I can't think of all the people on the left. Uh, there's like Destiny and that Ethan, whatever fat fucking idiot guy. <laughs> <laughs> But those people, we go at these idols that people have because you shouldn't idolize anybody because then these idols can be co-opted. They most likely are co-opted, especially the bigger the function and not even always co-opted on a level of where it's like they know, ha ha, we're in the occult. It's not always on that level. Sometimes it's just for money. Sometimes that they are just trying to sustain whatever they have. So they're willing to play the game. I have never been able willing to play the game. I have never. In my life, I deleted my Facebook in 2020, but my Facebook never had my full real name. Never, ever, ever. Because I've always kind of been a little, you know what I mean? I don't trust any. I've never trusted any of these. Like, I remember so many people like, oh, man, I did the 23 and me. I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, what the? Are you crazy, bro? I'm not doing that. I'm not going to put my DNA in a tube and send it to some. No, nah, man, I'm good, bro. And same thing when I saw uh, Facebook, because they were like, oh, you got to put your real name. I said, no, I don't. I have a Facebook right now that you can go follow if you want. It's called Chuck Blanco. 
You know what I'm saying? I've been running that for a minute. Like, that's like just my burner page because I saw in not that the dead internet, but I just saw it right away. Like, bro, they're, they're, they're trying to just get money out of me. Like, that's all this is. All it is is advertisement. Facebook is designed to shove ads in your face. They want to, why do you think they want to know everything you're doing, where you're working? Hey, put your job because my space was totally different, right? Now, my state was more Wild West, more like, man, like I remember we used to be able to put bulletins and you could, man, you could put a lot of bulletins. And so when I had a show, I would be ridiculous. Like I was the worst spammer. You know what I mean? Like a new song, there's a like you're going to get like, like there's no way. And back then, remember, you could just request people. So I would just request people. I saw this guy have a video. He's like, yeah, if you want to get a lot of followers, he's like, just request. And it, and it worked because people because it was real people, not bots. And they're like, oh, all right, I'm going to check this out. And it actually got like some kind of engagement that way. You were like, you know, it was a little bit guerrilla style and like forcing in people's face. But when you went over to Facebook, because I took, I drug my feet on going on Facebook. I was like one of the last people like, wow, oh, man, because I was like, man, they got the music player, man. Like what, man, like they got that music player and Facebook seems so like corporate right away, you know? And then they're like, you got to put your real name. I'm like, I'm never put, I've never put my real name on there. I, I was like, I'm not going to do that. Why do they want me to put my real name, my birthday, where my job is? Like, they want all of this. And then it was in this little network. Remember, you, could only, you couldn't get more than 5,000 friends. It was literally for a network of people like your family. It's made for a small circle of people. So they could, like you said, they could watch all what we're doing, our transactions. They know who your family. Then they were like, hey, let's all just add and say we're all family. Like, oh, I always thought that was stupid too. And people got dumber with these things too. You know how people would be like, yeah, I'm going to be uh, out of town for the weekend. I'm like, yeah, just announce it to the world that you're going to have your house wide open. You know what I mean? For like a whole weekend. And, and you're like, I'm checked in in Alaska. I'll be gone for a while. Like, well, I don't know why even people announce that stuff, but it became normal. And people couldn't even see some of this stuff. I remember there was this trend going for a while where they were like, hey, man, say say your old school name and your first car and your first pet. Bro, those are your security questions <laughs> for, your, <laughs> for your information. Like, people weren't getting onto it. So I, I mean, not to pat myself on the back, believe me, I'll give a little bit, but I never trusted these social media sites from the jump. I knew something was, I'm not saying I knew exactly what they were doing, but I knew that there was something not right, like how they were, like, making it such this corporate structure because facebook just looks like a faceless corporate like i said man you just have cool backgrounds man tom you look it up man i was cool with tom man me and tom had cool and then darpa had to come in and do this life log and just boom pull the plug on tom yeah no man and that's exactly what they did uh they switched it they just put it under the guise of facebook and you know facebook was one of the first masterful apps to get you to fight each other and it was very good at doing that because if you're inside of that box of maximum 5,000 people, you know these people, at least to some extent. And you're out there squabbling and having like massive 30 to 50 comment battle wars over some politician. And what they call that is the Overton window. It's a range of policies politically acceptable to the mainstream population at any given time. And it's the it's also known as the window of discourse. So basically, it's the window that you can fight in. But if you go outside of that, like and you critically think and you start getting outside of that box, people shut you down. 
They won't listen to you anymore. That's like when you and I start talking about right and left is, you know, the classic Indian proverb. It's part of the same bird. Anytime we start actually criticizing one side or the other, we get absolutely destroyed. And I know that's a big reason. And here's the thing. I don't want to sound like a a salty ass um, and be like, well, that's why we're being suppressed, man, because like, we do everything against the system and we don't get any likes or anything. Like, no, no, no. I want to be very clear. Sean and I understand social media. We've had millions and millions of views and millions of likes. We understand how the algorithm works. We know how to, if we wanted to twerk it, we could all day. Matter of fact, if we just wanted to pick a side and say, you know what, this is what we're going to do. And we, he and I got on this podcast one day, but listen, guys, we love Trump. We're going to do it. MAGA, baby! We would be the biggest MAGA... 2024! Trump, Kanye West, baby! Let's go! And we'd be the biggest MAGA rappers on the planet right now. We'd blow up. We'd blow up tomorrow if we came out with a song called MAGA All Over You. And that's exactly... Ultra MAGA. Well, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) But we're not going to do that. Like, but... I'm just saying that that we understand because that would be the death of creativity. Right. That would be us conforming and to I'm the system. And I'm not going to do that. And that's something that we're never going right. to do. Right. I'm not going like, to do yeah, that. That's just not us. And, is, and, and again, not sound like a salty ass because a salty person would be someone that really just doesn't have good content and really can't create good content. And that's part of the reason they're not getting any kind of push. And they can't pivot because I, I. And what you got to notice in us being in music, knowing a lot of that too, is a pivoting. You know, you got to be able to pivot. Hey, this isn't working. Let's pivot. Like we we notice some things don't work. We pivot. We're going to do what we got to do to accomplish what we want to accomplish. At the same time, like especially Joel knows me, man. I have an outlaw and that's why we get together. We're outlaws, bro. Like it's never going to be like, are we going to get our shit together? Yeah. Like are we going to get what we want to get? And are we respectful to people? An outlaw doesn't necessarily mean you're some cold hearted killer, right? Like an outlaw just means like, man, I can't conform to your situation. That doesn't mean I'm not going to use some of the pieces you got to to obtain what I need. You know what I mean? Like I'm definitely going to do that, but I'm also not going to put us in a position to like, ever not be able to be genuine and i think that's the problem the box that a lot of people have fell into on accident by building over time being trained by these ai bots being trained by these different like uh influencers and news mockingbird media people trying to like sway opinion and get people to think a certain way and i really feel the pinnacle of all of this was cambridge analytics right when they, with that whole Obama election, when they got together with Facebook and they were able to really use that algorithm in a dangerous way, I, it was being used that way already for, you know, selling us stuff. But now they were like, hey, we could get people to sway votes this way. And they were pushing and they were playing with it. You know, they saw what people liked if you were really left it. And I think that really changed the algorithm forever. And I think that's why it's even more amped up. Because if you've noticed ever since then, the polarizing has been out of control and not saying that it's to a level I've never seen in my life. You know what I mean? I'm about to be 40. This is the worst I've ever seen it. No, I totally agree. It's awful. And it really is the rise of the apps. It's the rise of the easy access on your phone. Uh, You know, you could even do another test. Here's a good test for you. You can go look up something on a website or an app on your phone and then go to your laptop you'll get different results. 
you know, you can look at the same post and some comments you won't see on your laptop, but then you'll see on your phone and vice versa. That goes back to that bot controlled system. It's all controlled by bots. You know, you may think your post is going viral. Well, how much of it's being pushed by the bots? You don't know. Bobby the bot has got you on lock, bro. He's watching you. <laughs> and, and and it goes to like I was telling you be uh before we got on air that like Millie uh Millie Weaver had made that shadow gate and it's kind of similar, but she's talking about the profiles they're making on us through social media. And it's from defense departments, intelligent agencies, and then they sold it to private companies where they have our data because data is gold because they know what we want and they can they can find ways to get us stuff that we already like. If they see everything in the background of the uh, video you're taking, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, you know, name it. There's there's different AIs clipping like, oh, he's got this kind of poster. Oh, he's got uh, this medallion right there. Oh, what kind of shirt is that? What kind, they're analyzing everything that you like now because all they really want to do is, yeah, they want to control you, but they want to control you through consumer consumerism and being able to like limit what you want. Like, right. Like you can't creatively come up with your own style. We're even starting to see a lot of people dress the same, right? Look at these, those boots that came out. Like, uh, I believe that's part of it. Those, what are those, those Astro boy boots and how they got the Timberland ones, man. They got the Timbos out there with the fucking, uh, Astro boot type of thing. I think that's also like in the Kanye West. And that's why I don't trust Kanye as far as like, I think he's a cult all the way. I know like, a lot of people debate back and forth. Maybe he's a good guy. Maybe he's a bad guy. But when you saw his clothing line, what did it do? It made everybody look the same. And when you're talking about, it all ties in together. Then you even go with the trans agenda. What is that doing? Trying to make asexual, non-emotionless uh, you know, beings that just kind of, like you said, worker bees that continuously you know, buy the things that they want. And then they could limit. They could be like, oh, we only have three companies. We don't have to have all these products they just need clothes, they need food, and then boom, it's an endless cycle. Then they don't, it's that, for them, you've, uh, a euphoric, but for us, dystopian, you know what I mean? It's not a euphoria for us. It's going to be a dystopian paradise in their eyes because they're going to definitely have what they want and us creating things that continuously make them as wealthy as they want. It's not just about wealth, but the power and control of being able to do whatever they want. And, you know, then us just fucking doing the job and it's the part of the matrix i mean it's like the to me everybody's always saying we're in the matrix and and i'm i know there's good arguments for that you know like some of the repeated stories some of the things we see but i just really really feel deep down that we're building it you know what i mean we're building it right now and and we don't even we're not even aware only a few of us are not a few but you know like not as many as we'd like are aware well i think some people are aware and they just don't care too sean I think oh, it's like yeah. the Matrix like the movie dude that yeah, said, where he's yeah. like, you know what? I know the steak isn't real. He's like, but it tastes great and I'm going to stay here. He's like, just give me a bunch of money, a bunch of women. I don't care if it's fate. And there's a lot of people like that, bro. There's a lot of I people know, like bro. that. I know people that I got homies. I know for sure would do that. <laughs> They'll be like, I don't care, bro. It, it's, I don't know, man. It's That's the hard part. And then there's so many people that are so invested and entangled into these interwoven things that they're just like, man, it's all right, bro. Like, I'm cool with it. And then there's a lot of people that want to be part of it. Like, they're like, no, it would be cool, bro. Like, it would be, like, there's people I know that would love to get a Neuralink. And I'm like, what? Like, you, 
don't even know what that does, bro. Like the first PlayStations don't work, and you're gonna go get the first Neuralink. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, for sure, man. And I think a lot of it too, like we're disconnected from nature, uh, and that's happened over time. Uh, I think a lot of the push, and and this is for you flat earthers, so you can feel good today. But I think a lot of the push to get us to think about the universe and how expansive it is and how wide it is and everything going on in it is to get our focus off of our earth, get our focus off of what we need to be taking care of, what we need to be connecting with, nature, animals, uh, each other. That's the other part of it. All these things that they put in our face to make it easier for us, to make life easier, give us entertainment, uh, it's so fleeing. Man, it's it doing this whole research on this subject really gave me just a whole different perspective of even where I want to go in life, you know, and not that I hadn't been moving that way for years anyway, but just even more so, man, where these things don't matter. Who gives a shit if you got six, seven million views and and fifty thousand likes, a hundred thousand likes, man? What is that what does that really do for you? Like nothing. It doesn't do anything for your creativity either. I'll tell you like I told this chick back in the days, man. This was MySpace days. She was like, I got 10,000 followers on MySpace. I said, bitch, I got 10 real friends here right now. <laughs> the fuck you talking about 10,000 fake bots that, you know, ain't going to do shit. My, my 10 people are about to jump right now. Like, so if your boy, one boy that's with you, he's probably going to get his ass kicked. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going to be good for him. Because people that I think that's also in that, like that's part of there's like, your gangster the story life. bags. There you go. <laughs> Just for you. <laughs> bat, bat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I totally agree, man. I think that for me, like I think it's fun playing with the internet. I think that I've been fortunate that I've always seen it for what it is, the facade that it is. So I've never been too invested in it. Um, that's, that's helped a lot. You know, some of my life experiences have helped me like just not really care about it as much, but really what I think that people should stress. And it's not like, Hey, you have to run for the forest and go off the grid. If that's you, cool. It's not going to be everybody, but focus on the things that are important in your life, the, your, your wife, or if you have a husband or whatever, you know what I mean? Your kids, your mom, your dad, like your aunts, your uncles, whoever is your supporting cast, your good friends. Like maybe you don't like your family and you have close friends, whatever it may be, whatever your circle that it is, like just appreciate that. Like go do stuff with them now for us. You know, it's uh, uh, about to be, it's got a little cold today, but you know, the sun's coming back out. We need to be outdoors, go fishing, go hiking. You know what I mean? Go camping in a tent in the middle of somewhere and just go and it doesn't have to be the most dangerous place. It doesn't have to be in the middle of nowhere, but just get out there, take your shoes off, go walk in grass, go, go kind of touch trees. And like, it, it seems weird to some people. It's not some hooey hooey fucking yoga, fucking yogi trying to fucking get your girl to fucking do a pretzel and fart. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's just go out there and with the people you love and enjoy the sunshine life because the internet is fake and it is gay because i know that the gayest stuff is on the internet so it has to be gay <laughs> i agree with you taking the shoes off i was actually gonna say that before you said it too so great minds think alike yeah you should you should get out there in the grass man walk around barefoot i do it myself you feel way more connected to uh what's going on around you and that's what we we're meant to do man get out in the sun 
you know, I can't be out there that long because I'm a ginger, but I do try to get out there a little bit and get some of that sunlight. Uh, my body just doesn't process it like everyone else's does. It's a, yeah, it's that Nephilim blood, you know what I mean? That Nephilim bloodline sometimes kind of affects it a little bit, gets it a little bit too much. But yeah, you have to enjoy it. And I think not that many people are. Stop taking the internet so seriously. Like the guy you're arguing with is not the big a deal. You're not going to change his mind. Joel stops me plenty of times. And, and it is true. Like you think like, who cares? I'm going to talk shit to this because I love talking shit. You know what I mean? I love it. Like it is funny to me. Like it's not to a level of where I'm like, oh man, ruin my day. But I am going to like go a little too far and keep talking. Like it's good to have that. And plus two, I was thinking like, look at our mental uh, state where we've not been worrying about. Uh, the social because you know you're trying to run the podcast you're trying to worry about like putting content out there uh keeping being competitive with everybody else it does lose your creativity skills especially when you're like okay well we can't say this because they're gonna nuke us for this or we can't say that it puts you into these weird binds and it becomes stressful and it, that's not what we want to do as creators like we like what we're doing like now with presentations and like looking into stuff research that's what we want to do and with our, as long with our music, we don't want to spend hours and hours of trying to make content that's going to get nuked anyways. <laughs> right. No, and I totally agree, man. And I think it's all about growth. And I think we're constantly growing. We hope everybody that listens to us is constantly growing, too. I know our brand of In Your Face isn't for everybody. But we do appreciate all the people that have been here along the ride and that are passing on this podcast to everyone else, that are passing on the music to everyone else, that are passing the films on to everyone else. We really appreciate it. We got more stuff on the way, too. Speaking of being creative, uh, I've got a crazy project in the works right now um, with Esoteric Eddie, man. That's going to be nuclear. So we're, we're always working. We're always grinding. Um, and get ready websites on the way so you'll have access to get to everything you need to in one spot so that's in the in the process right now um members only is coming too i don't know if we've said it on air yet or not but we are now members only is coming so you're going to get new podcast material that you can only get on members only site so we're going to have a lot of things coming for you guys uh but like we always say share the show like the show Give us five stars. Uh, easy as that. Give us a review on Apple. Comment on our latest Spotify podcast. Go to change.org and bring back Saki Bomb. By the way, Sean, she gave me a compliment this past week. Look, man, she knows, like, she knows I got that Nephilim blood. She knows that I'm the real deal ginger. And she's, she's starting to really realize that it's in her best interest. It, it, it's not just a fantasy anymore. It's becoming reality. And she likes my creativity. Loves it. Because she's surrounded by bots all the time, man. It gets old. It gets old, man. She needs some real Nephilim man around her. That's what she needs. And she knows it. I, I agree, I agree, man. I think that's the way to go, man. And don't forget, you can still follow us. You know, the killthemockingbirds.com is coming soon, like Joel hinted at. Uh, but for now, just, you know, to keep tabs on us, go to Telegram at Kill the Mockingbirds or Instagram Kill the Mockingbirds podcast, Joel Thomas, Sean Chris on all music streaming platforms. And since we were talking about the dead internet 
and uh, we I just re-released uh, an album called Christian Brothers White Brandy. Now, for all my Christian friends, uh, it's not going to be the, the album that you think it is going to be. <laughs> Focus more on the White Brandy part than the Christian part. <laughs> but I'm going to end off with a, a, a song, They Die. You know how we do it here. Wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. Brrah, brrah. Bird killers. In the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, please forgive me. As I walk through the inferno of Satan. And get closer to the valley of death. All in good time, they die, they die.